We have a lot of respect for people who practice different religions, and our purpose with this podcast is to simply identify and deconstruct problematic evangelical ideologies. Oh, hi there. I'm Candice. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Seems like it needs a little more work. That's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Welcome to Adventures in Ideology. If you're new to the show, this is the show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey, created in 1986 by Focus on the Family, and still running today. If you were raised evangelical, you're probably familiar with it, and if you weren't, prepare for some insights into a really bizarre subculture. Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children. And we try to identify the invisible assumptions that are present in evangelical theology and the way they are presented and normalized to kids through the show of Adventures in Odyssey. We listened to and loved the show growing up, and now we are listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct the problematic ideas we were exposed to as children, and also to look at how those beliefs have played out in our own lives. We're excited you're here. Hi, I'm Karis. I'm Candice. And I'm Mitch. Welcome back, Mitch. Yay! I'm really happy to be back. We're excited. We've got a a killer episode (laughs) to talk about. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Um, All right, so here's the two sentences. So the episode that we are talking about today is The Last Great Adventure of Summer. It is the last episode of album two. It is episode 12. Uh, So we made it through the two albums, guys. Yay! Congratulations. Um, on two, our way to down, 87 80, yeah. <laughs> 80 something to go they might be making these faster than we can review them they might be that's, that's okay. great yeah <laughs> we'll never run out of content okay so here is the two sentence description or one sentence actually young terry johnson and his father who's in the cia take a sudden and dangerous journey around the world while being pursued by a master criminal this is a terrible summary yeah, I, I found two different summaries and the other one wasn't any better. It gave even less info. It just said, Terry Johnson and his father get caught up in something. <laughs> I um, feel like that's the, better. The, the wiki's very helpful. Terry's boring summer takes a drastic turn when he and his father are ambushed by a terrorist. That which is a very of... interesting term to use considering a... what happens in this episode. Was that a term that was being used then? Yes. It was. When yes. did that be, kind of come into use? I mean, t- terrorism as like an English language term has been a thing for like a, a very oh, long okay. time. Like you had... Uh, this was just when it still applied to white people. Because the guy is British. He's... Uh, the episode will go into it. He is some kind of vague foreign not of any country at all yeah right yes the accent which which i think is a really interesting placeholder Mm -hmm. for just kind of like like they're they're future proofing their xenophobia of just like whatever you're supposed to be afraid of right now like just slot them in there man that's very insightful yeah 
he he had the one bad guy had a British accent and the other guy had a Russian accent. Yes, yeah, that that's the other thing is at some point the kid says, "Are these the Russians?" and his, and his dad says, "No, no, no, they're like an international yes. mysterious." Uh, or, but then the uh, the villain is using like uh, Russian like da and yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Any other thoughts before we? Dive? Okay. Well, yeah. that one. Can we go back to the one you read? Yes. Journey around the world while being pursued by a master criminal. They only go around the world because they're kidnapped. They cross yeah. the ocean oh, to yeah. England. That's around the world. Yeah. <laughs> and and are do it being kidnapped in a plane by. Sorry. A can I be? Hold up. Okay. Okay. Go go. go. <laughs> This is going to be a good one. Speaking of, we may have to cut this out. I don't know. But we have a family member who did a master's degree in theology. um, And it was like international theology. Oh. Like international Christianity or something. Okay. And the countries that they went to were, I think, South Africa I think mm-hmm. England, mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Israel. Like, <laughs> there was like maybe one more in there. Of course. So, like, uh, right? As, as I'm sure, I'm oh. pretty sure that evangelicals are just plain not aware of like the Eastern Orthodox the tradition. Yeah, I agree. Uh, period. So, so it was a well-rounded like, experience. Yeah, and this was the this is how it was explained to me as being like. A well, well-rounded, you know, you look at it from lots of different perspectives. You get to see lots of different perspectives on Christianity and like super colonial yeah. <laughs> and racist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other flip side of this joke is, yeah, they really do go around the world because they take a train from Odyssey to Manhattan, which might as well be to the moon. Do we know where Odyssey is? No, no. but it's definitely not in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, because also Connie takes a bus to California. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I don't think it takes that long to get there. Does, <laughs> so, do we not know where Odyssey is located? No. I, it's it's got to be somewhere in the Midwest. I just think of it as the Midwest. Oh, we also have a moment uh, where, like, the size of Odyssey is more clearly defined, because someone specifically refers to it as a small town. Oh, a small town that has because, a movie theater and a mall. I mean, a movie theater yeah, and, and a mall. Like, I mean, if it's the Midwest in the 80s, yeah, of course they have a mall in a small town that is just I sucking guess. the whole thing dry. If it's the Midwest. I just think of like the small towns I grew up in, in rural Saskatchewan, which is not really an equivalent, I guess. It I, would be like... Close, but you're... Leduc, important, I guess. Important cultural <laughs> difference. Like, uh, yeah, there are small towns in Saskatchewan that you could think of as being a lot like the American Midwest, but they sure don't have malls. No, the city. Or multi-million dollar (laughs) football fields or... The big city of Moose Jaw had (laughs) the mall. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was, it's a small city in Saskatchewan, but compared to the rural communities, you know, that's where you go to get your groceries and stuff. So, based on what... (laughs) <laughs> where odyssey is not yeah so based on what episode what characters say in the episodes we can narrow down odyssey to one of like 11 states alabama delaware georgia illinois louisiana minnesota missouri north dakota ohio rhode island south carolina or wyoming wow we're not sure which of those nobody but... knows where but we know where it's not we know where it's not <laughs> mm-hmm Anyway, that's Fun my fact. that's been my like beef with this small town 
Yeah. Talk about Odyssey having grown up in like a very small town. Oh, no, none of it makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. all just like it just shifts for narrative yes. convention, right? I, I they, feel they always refer to it as a small town, but at some point it but, has like suburbs. So yes. it's like and a ghetto, and it has yeah. like, a, like it has uh, Wits End, which yes. is like a, it's supposed to be like this big thing, but then it also ends up getting like Blackard's Place, which is like another big thing. So, like, you, if it's big enough to have, like, two kids' places for, like, to be full of kids. Yeah, okay. Anyway, back to the episode at hand. So, okay. Should we just start? Yep. Okay, so, basically, the episode starts out. Everyone's at wit's end, sharing their summer adventures. And wit is describing them, which is just talking through all of the other adventures we listen to on this on this season or this album yes and when he's going through them he mentions that they they started a kids radio oh yeah uh and we did not talk about that episode because it was really boring yeah although kids radio is very important to future episodes basically should we summarize it now they start a kids radio and one kid ends up doing all the work uh, and it falls apart so wit pulls the plug but then um a different radio station in town was listening and loved it and gives him his own radio show at the end right yeah but kids radio does become important later um and so terry johnson who is the main character of this episode hasn't been around missed out on all the adventure he's basically had a terrible summer because his dad hasn't wanted to do anything and then he says been that way ever since his mom dot 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 and then uh it kind of gives you the impression she died it clarifies it later like I two lines later that she left impossible yeah, it's kind of not it's in kind odyssey, of vague <laughs> not, until, not in it odyssey. Says, until he talks about when his mom was alive yes I, you're right. right like but at but that episode it wasn't clear at this at statement part. i was like did she leave no yeah i mean so, in a way so she left for heaven uh, yeah she's in a better place now so mm-hmm. she's used as a plot device Oh, that's how she's... Find. That's... Death! Death and Odyssey! Yeah, you need yeah, to we, get a bell. We have yeah. another dead, absent woman to be a good backstory for a man's problems. Uh, a father. Um, and she has no name. No. Nope. Uh, she is Dead Mom Johnson. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what she died of, either. Nothing. Yeah, no. We know literally nothing about her, except her death is a catalyst to... Forge a bond between father and son. Yes. Which really is what God wanted. Because before that, before his mom died, his dad was a terrible dad. And was always on the road working and never around. And he says at one point, after your mom died, you were the most important thing to me now. <laughs> right. Like, you were not... Not before. Not before. Yeah. You were not the most important to me before, but yeah. now that your mom's dead, you are. You now are. Yeah, which I thought was a little offensive. I yeah. think, unfortunately, with, like, absentee fathers, that's, um, I think that's pretty true to life. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Not, not, in, not in the way that, like, Adventures in Odyssey thinks that it's just, like, fine. It's like, yo, yeah, of course. But, um... They do really normalize bad dads. Yes. That's just, like, this is the way dads are. Yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the episode treats it as, like, a little bit of a problem, but it's uh, actually shut up, kid, because you don't know. Your dad's a badass. 
as hero. Exactly. There's a good yeah. reason for why daddy yeah. never comes home. 100%. And this is also why men have so much trouble, like, apologizing to their kids or, you know, because it's like, well, I have reasons. Like, yeah. men are taught, men in this environment especially are taught to justify everything and not actually, like, take responsibility and apologize. Well, and there's also a very gendered thing going on about, like, the importance, uh, a mythologizing of uh, how important men's work is. Yes. The sacrifices they make for the family, which it's very easy to make those sacrifices up when you're writing a fictional episode. Yeah. Um, But the attitude behind it uh, goes into some very mundane lives where there's no excuse. Really none. Yeah. Like. 100% 100% agree with that. And there really isn't here either, which we'll, we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah. So, Terry's basically complaining that his dad doesn't want to do anything. Wit says, everyone handles grief in their own way. Uh, Terry's dad shows up and offers to take out some of the garbage Wit's, of Wit's place because it's so busy that there's garbage everywhere. And then... Uh, so they go to take the garbage out on their way out because they're about to go to another movie because that's all they've done all summer is like old nature movies. Nature nature movies, yeah. Super fun. Um, and so they're taking the garbage out and a mysterious man confronts them calling George, the dad, Cat's Paw. So it sounded to me like this guy was laying in wait for them beside the garbage can. Yeah. Like somehow he knew they were going to take the garbage out and he was right <laughs> there. Which was amazing bad guy work on his... Honestly, every time I take the garbage out, I simultaneously am in fear of secret agents. And I feel sorry for them because I know what my garbage bins are like in this hot summer heat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, your fear is totally justified as we found out in this episode. Yes. yes. That's actually one of the lessons today. Yeah. Yeah. Be afraid of taking out your garbage. Yes. Never leave your home again. Uh, so he's so this mysterious man calling him Cat's Paw, demanding some formula, um, and then he lunges for Terry, and Terry's dad decks him, and they run away and jump in a car. <laughs> and Terry basically his reaction is, "I didn't know you knew karate." And then he's asking a bunch of questions, and who is this guy, and why is he following you, and how do you know karate, and why is he calling you Cat's Paw, and. George's response is, because we don't use real names in the CIA. Okay, and I just wanted to draw attention to how on the nose calling him Cat's Paw is. Can you So the definition of Cat's Paw, it's like an idiom. Um, Which basically means a person used to serve the purposes of another or a tool. Or... Uh, the dupe of another. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is another one of those situations where the episode is telling us a more interesting story than the writers intended to tell us. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in, in this segment, uh, Terry, the son, is asking, like, how did you join the CIA? And it's like, oh, it was all very mundane. They just recruited, recruited me out of college. And I'm pretty sure that, like, this uh, this guy in Odyssey is not... He probably went to, like, some community college and is, you know... Uh, he d- gives a big spiel about how he wants to... He loves his country and wants to protect it. 
And, um, you know, this, this isn't the kind of guy to, most of what the CIA actually does as far as Americans working there is they sit behind a desk mm-hmm. and they shuffle around and organize, you know, papers and intelligence reports and they hire dupes to do dirty work for them because the U.S. government doesn't want to, like, training and educating an agent and all of the, you know, information and stuff that they have. Like, you, you don't send them out into field work. You just get some idiot local who's willing to get killed for you to do it. And I'm pretty sure that is what's happening here. He is their idiot dupe and they do not care about him. Yeah, I I mean, even the name would imply. <laughs> well, this... and there's also this whole runaround about, do, do we want to get into it now or uh, about the formula? Yeah, no, okay. I want to get into that later. Okay. Well, it, I, maybe at the end. Okay. After we find out a little kind bit of... um, more and nothing about it. Terry's reaction is, you mean you're a spy? Uh, so George, Terry's dad, drives them to the train station to get into a crowd because the terrorist is on their tails and that's how they will lose him, is be hiding in a crowd. And then, so they're at the train station, they're hiding in a crowd. Terry thinks maybe they've lost him, asks about the formula. George says, it's very important for national security. So we don't get any information. Um, the this, this strange man sees them and calls to them from across the station, which seems... He's not a very good villain if he's trying well, to catch them. And, like, like, shouting at them. Hey! I see you! Do yeah. you see me now that I'm telling you exactly where I am? Instead of coming up behind you and, like... Yeah. So, he, um... So, they run They run into the train. Jump onto the train into and hide in a boxcar. Like, a storage boxcar or something. And... Then the train starts to move, and so then they try to leave. They try to open the door, but it's stuck, so they can't get out. So they just have to sit and enjoy the ride. Um, and so then time passes. It's a couple hours later, and George is explaining some things. I'm sorry, Terry. I loved your mother very much. I never knew just how much. That it seems like also a shitty thing. Yeah, like he... Like, he, yeah. I don't think he was a very good husband or father. No. But he was, you know, but after, working for the CIA. So after he was she died, after she died, I realized how much I loved her. Yeah. When she was alive, I didn't care. Yeah. 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 Uh, I never knew just how much, but then you became the most important thing in the world. I didn't want to take any chances or let you out of my sight because I was worried I wouldn't see you again either. That, but then that just really makes that a kick in the teeth. But yeah. then you became the most important. <laughs> well, and it's also a really unhealthy attitude, too, right? Like, he, now he just wants to smother this kid. Oh, you know? completely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because of his own issues. Yeah. Because and, and of, of course, his, like, guilt over abandoning his family now, and his wife well, dying. Now, hold on. <laughs> let's, let's lean on the wisdom of Mr. Whitaker here. There is nothing <laughs> wrong with this. Everyone grieves in their own way. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Also, it makes you wonder. It made me wonder more, like, how the mom died. Because, like, if he doesn't want to let the son out of his sight, then it, maybe it was an accident or it was related to his job. I mean, I wasn't thinking that specifically, but it could have been. Or just, like, a car accident, or, like, she was out and did, you know, and so then she did, he doesn't want to let Terry out of his sight, because what if that same thing happens to him or something? Like, I thought he didn't want to let him out of his sight because he was worried he was going to get got by these bad guys. 
Maybe. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's clarified, so it could have been Well, that. this is this is one of those things where he's he's not a very good secret agent, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he... he um, you yeah. know what? Maybe we'll cover this later. But he, he goes to Odyssey with, like, this ongoing rivalry with this uh, shadowy agency going on and expects nothing untoward to happen yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. But, I, like, Karis was re- raising a really good point about how, like, uh, how the details of how the mom died could have been, like, a really good plot point for, like, tying together the intended themes <laughs> of the episode. It's almost as if the uh, the writer just, for some reason, had a uh, gap in uh, what he cared about and that's didn't fill that in, even though it would have really helped. Yeah, that's the, weird. The woman isn't important. Yeah, that's, yeah, that doesn't happen with women in Adventures in the Odyssey. <laughs> but they don't just not care about them. Okay, so uh, the uh, Terry finds out that his mom knew that his dad was CIA. Uh, George was recruited right out of college, and Terry had asked him why, why he was CIA. And his response was, as for why, I love my country, and I want to defend it against people who want to hurt it. And Terry's response is, like the man with the black gloves? Who is he anyway? A Russian? Um, Also, it's important to note that when an American says they want to defend their country, what they mean is they want to do preemptive strikes against everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. Who is not even interested in hurting their country. Yeah, the CIA does so much defending America in... uh... South American countries that yeah. have absolutely no feasible possible way of harming the United States in any way, shape, or form. Well, except they're very by, busy with that. Yes, yes they, yeah. I mean they could harm the United States by actually having functioning socialism, and everyone would see how good it is, and the entire country would riot for socialism. Well, <laughs> Isn't and that the fear? It, it would it yeah. would interfere with. U.S. economic interests okay. in the region, yes. like, you know, completely deforesting the rainforests so that we yeah. can have disposable Ikea furniture. Don't even get me started. Like, are you following the Fairy Creek blockade? Oh, Canada is yeah. not any better. No, 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 no. Except no. we're doing it in our own country. Yep. What, what is that? The Fairy Creek that's the old blockade? Growth, that's the old growth forest on Vancouver Island is being logged at an oh. alarming rate. And there is a group of people there trying to stop it, Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the BC government protected a very small area of it. And they're like, look, see, we did it. But then there's still a large area of old growth forest that is just being cut down. They don't wow. care. And the RCMP are going every day and violently removing people from the site, cutting, using like very dangerous cutting devices very close to people's bodies wow and uh, yeah hurting a lot of people wow they love their country yeah. and want to defend it from those who would harm it yeah you, they love big yeah. business really like yeah what does, what does that mean what does loving your country mean? exactly it means loving big business it's a loaded term yeah anyway that was it uh, he loves his country so, yeah. And so he wants to go and hurt other countries preemptively. Yeah. To maintain um, the stability of the U.S.'s international economic interests. Is that... Yeah. 
I think that I think that the Adventures in Odyssey writers really tell on themselves with like how old they are here because like okay so so you can defend this episode as like you know it's just spy fiction for kids we have James Bond and yes stuff right. but the, the, this is this is like like the sixties Avengers like not not the superheroes like the the old like campy spy thriller stuff where there are bad guy organizations that exist for no good reason except yeah. to just do bad guy things for the yeah. sake of bad guy stuff. The the reason that you have those bad guy organizations that just do bad stuff for no reason um, in all of American superhero conflicts is because if they actually wrote real bad guy stuff that bad guys are actually doing it's all their own stuff a hundred percent don't even get me started on, on <laughs> yeah yeah um what is it a- a- age of ultron where i like, didn't see it oh there's like some of the uh villains who become allies later are like angry because tony starks and uh weapons like murdered their parents and destroyed their country. WandaVision. And, um, and then, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's in WandaVision too. Okay, right? yeah. And, yeah. And, then, and then that conflict is resolved by uh, just, okay, we don't care anymore. It's fine. Well, she went nice. to like re... What did they call it? It was like some kind of reprogramming camp. Like it, not reprogramming, but basically where they like rehabilitated people who thought the U.S. was bad. By putting them and, in and a propaganda and, and, and camp, this, and this yeah. is the thing: is that they've they've reached the point where they could acknowledge, like, oh, maybe there are legitimate reasons for people to be angry at the United States. Anyways, moving on, they need to be deprogrammed, anyways. Yeah, well, and not the United because States, reasons. like because Stark reasons. Industries, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. I yeah, know. I. Where are we? Where they are still in the train. He's just getting, Terry is just getting information from his dad, right, basically. Right. So there's a lot more to go. Not a lot more to go, but there's like, the, the exciting part is up ahead. Mm-hmm. So they, so he asks if the man with the black gloves is a Russian. And his dad, George, says, no, he works for an international syndicate that sells secrets to the highest bidder. Uh, and then he's explaining to him that he doesn't just want his info, the formula, but he wants to get me too. And then he says, don't worry, this is all temporary. It's a weird conversation. Um, And then the train stops. He looks out the window and they realize they're in Manhattan. Um, And then before they have a chance to leave, some gas is released into the train car. And then it makes them sleepy. Again, this is like Adam West Batman. Yes, Yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, dun, dun, dun. End of scene. And then Terry wakes up and his head hurts. Uh, George tells him that it's sleeping gas, that it was sleeping gas, and suggests that he get up and walk around. Um, and because Terry's like, like, I thought we were a goner. Yeah, right. And so then George is like, they don't take a chance on hurting me because I've still got information they want. Well, and he and he also <laughs> is, is like, oh, I get sleeping gas all the time. Yeah, this is like, nothing. I knew exactly what it was. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, as an agent for the United States, he should know very well that they that they're gonna get hurt. Yeah. If the way the U.S. treats people they want information from is any indicator. Yeah. Yeah. This whole like. This yeah. This whole like we wouldn't. I mean, it is for children, so 
Right. So we're not going to go into the yeah. <laughs> uh, the very, very different differences between torture and enhanced interrogation methods. Exactly. Yes. They're not even the same thing. They're called Definitely two different not. things. Definitely not. We have two different terms for it, yeah, so they're yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. So they wake up. They find out they're in an airplane flying across the ocean. We find out the man's name is Nigel. He comes in and talks to them. Says he's taking them to London to see Maxime, who's Nigel's boss. And Terry is only there for extra incentive or insurance that George will tell them what they need to know. Um, Finally, they land, end up in some high-rise building. They go to the top floor, which is Maxime's place. You need a key to get there on the elevator, like a card to get there on the elevator. Because the elevator opens up right into his living room. Did anyone think it was weird that they took him to the bad guy's house? Kind of. But is this like a lair thing? It's very Bond lair. Like an evil... Yeah, Yeah, okay. And do all evil supervillains collect fish? Is that a thing that they do? I don't know. I mean, it's like a status, a wealth. I mean, given the kind of people I've known who collect fish, I would say 100%. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, and if you think of like Bond movies, right? If he's like being lowered into the tank of sharks or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, like that kind of style, which ends up being similar to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's, they're... um, yeah, so they end up in Maxime's place. You can see Big Ben from there. It seems like there's this oddly lighthearted energy between George and Terry and Maxime. They're all just friends. In, considering how dire the situation is. I thought that, I took that to be like George trying being to a like, cocky bastard and like trying oh, to get under Maxime's skin. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, Maxime's voice actor is... Uh, Mr. Whitaker? Uh, yeah. Wow, you got it. I yes. heard it. I was well, like, this yeah, is yeah, Mr. So Whitaker. Yeah. Even, even when he's doing the cartoonish foreign man accent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can pick out Mr. Whitaker's voice. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm very good with voices. I could... Uh, yeah. I'm that person who's like, this person's voice is the same person. I mean, I don't know anyone's names, but mm-hmm. right. like, this yes. is the same. Like, we were watching... We started watching Gummy Bears... After we were started doing this show, because yeah. we got Disney Plus, uh, and Connie Kendall's voice is on there. Oh, I was like, this is Connie! Yeah, <laughs> wow, huh. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty good with voices. Um, except sometimes I can't tell us apart. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> we're just so amazing. Um, yeah, I've been doing that. We've been watching Bob's Burgers, and I every episode I'm like. I'll ask Kai, like, do you know who that is? And then I'll be like, it's this person. They're in this show, in this show, in this show. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, it's fun. Um, Okay, so, there's men. Okay, so they're, it's light, they're, like, being lighthearted, but it's, like, really, they're about to die. But it's, like, fun dying, because it's a kid's show. So, there's men outside, a few floors down, on a scaffold, washing windows, and Which, coating them with a chemical yeah. that will repel radio waves. Right. Yes. Maxine tells us. Thank you. Yes. Which struck Which, me as a kind of. I, I guess it's all it's all in theme. It seemed very silly, but yes, I guess yeah. it's kid spy stuff. It's okay for it to be silly. Yes. Can I just say, this is something that I would have written as a kid. 
like this kind of storyline would have been like this is a hundred percent like yeah you know they get trapped on a train and then like sleeping gas and then all of a sudden they're in england like the disjointedness and like like all the adventure is stuff that i 100 percent would have written as like an eight-year-old and what you're picking up on now is how stunted the people who write (laughs) these are there it is well and yeah, so an entire this entire thing hinges on like the formula. Yeah, and yeah. I guess we're about to get to uh, the big reveal. Um, Maxime interrupts them, but is like oddly pleasant. Everyone sits down. Maxime is pushing for the formula. We know that you have one of the five parts of the formula, but we've already gotten what we need from the other four agents, including the name of the fifth carrier. George says he won't give the formula. Uh, Maxime deflects to the fish tanks, pointing out the piranhas to Terry. Imagine what would happen if someone's hand got dropped in there. They grab his dad and drag him into the, drag him toward the tank. And then Terry breaks the tank. They scramble out the fire escape onto the roof. It was, there was a lot of, like, sounds going on, but it wasn't, like, super well descript, like, super descriptive. So that was what I took from it, but I could have... I, I, I think, I think that that was it, yeah. So, so... This this whole thing with the formula, uh, beyond it being absurd that, like, some kind of independent weapons dealer to want anything to do with, like, a formula, because they're not going to be doing anything with that. They just want a source of guns that they can buy for cheap and sell. Um, well, okay. this is where I was like, they never tell you what the formula is for. <laughs> no. So is it a bioweapon? Is it, like, a chemical weapon? Oh. Yeah, wouldn't and, I mean? Wouldn't be surprised. And the other weird thing is later on, I don't want to spoil it, but a rescue team comes in for George. And when the rescue team comes in, for those of you that were worried, they he he talks to one of them and is like, "Yeah, we got all we got the other four parts of the formula, and yeah. we got that guy arrested." But didn't you it already have the other four parts? Yeah, of the wasn't form? it? No, like, apparently, <laughs> apparently, the only sense. source for this formula is broken up into five pieces that agents know, who you just let like run around at random, where anything actually... could hit happen to them, and they could be hit by a bus. And oh no, we don't have the important formula. You know, what would be a really good place to keep the formula: a filing cabinet, <laughs> right? In, in in Langley, in like the C- oh, you, you, want, up. you want to know a really good joke? So everyone refers to like the CIA headquarters as Langley because that's like the the region. Um, but the actual building is called the George Bush Center for Intelligence. <laughs> anyway, so this formula should be in the George Bush Center for <laughs> Intelligence. <laughs> His brain. <laughs> My theory is that the whole formula was a red herring to get them all in the same place, that there is no fifth part of the formula. They're pushing for this part of the formula. It doesn't actually exist because without it, nothing works, but they never actually had a fifth part of the formula. I I agree because this guy isn't a CIA super spy. He's bait. Yes. He's a dupe, and he he was so stupid that he thought that the CIA wouldn't use his kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that 100%. was the plan the whole time. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. Cat's um, paw. <laughs> exactly. Cat's paw, yeah. So, okay, so they're up, they scramble out of the fire escape, out this fire escape, and onto the roof, and then they don't really have anywhere to go. Uh, so all of the bad guys follow them up. There's some back and forth between Caspa and Nigel, which I didn't write down the details of it. So then Scotland Yard shows up. 
spoiled again, Nigel. And then Nigel says, I may have lost, but so have you. You're going over. And he, like, runs at him and pushes him over the edge of the building. And Terry is heartbroken. But, dun dun dun, dun his dad actually landed on the scaffold of the men that we mentioned previously. Because they were also... Because they were also... Agents! Undercover agents! And so then Terry uh, is asking all these questions. How did you know? How does Scotland Yard know to be here? Uh, George says, I told you we'd build up a solid case against Nigel. We just needed him to take us to Maxime. And the other four parts of the formula, speaking of which, you have them, Lieutenant? Oh yeah, so he needed, we needed him to take us to Maxime and the other four parts of the formula. Speaking of which, Again. you have them, Lieutenant? Yeah, I have no idea. So maybe it was like different organizations that well, had parts of it, but the like, US why? I know. Has it all? Is that good? Well, they, they would have already <laughs> had it, right? Like, we don't we don't even know where they're getting this. I mean, well, my, my question yes, is, maybe, it, may, maybe this formula is, like, something that they already knew and that they've divested themselves from. Like, somebody took it out of the filing cabinet when there was, like, a congressional mm-hmm. hearing coming, and they're like, okay, give us all of your papers on this. And they, just and they said, okay, here's, here's all of our papers. Oh, it's, uh, they, it's not there? Oops. That's suspicious, yeah. Yeah. They just ripped it up. It was literally like one piece of paper that they just like ripped into five and gave him <laughs> It's not a paper. It's a map. You have to get yes. together. <laughs> Take the map and together. If, if, if it sounds like we're being uncharitable and grasping at straws making things up, it's because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so we not. have to make something <laughs> this up. This show is, yeah. So then... Um, Kids aren't, I mean, kids don't care. No, no that was true. exciting. That's what yes. I mean by like, I would have written something like this at yeah. eight and yeah. loved it. But, yeah. um... So Terry says, you mean this whole thing was planned? Just because you would have written something like this at eight and enjoyed something like this at eight doesn't mean you wouldn't also have enjoyed something better. (laughs) Also that. I just wouldn't have had the skills to write something better. I think an important thing here is it's one thing when it's just like fiction, but I I think there's an extra layer of insidiousness when it's an Adventures in Odyssey episode that is explicitly and specifically teaching a lesson, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, this episode isn't just telling a story. It's supposed to be teaching kids about the way the world is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a Bible verse with this episode? Uh, yes. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, sort of. Yeah, okay. So, Terry says, you mean this whole thing was planned? And George says, well, sort of, but I never wanted to get you involved. Terry, you wanted him to push you off the roof, though? Why? And George says, to make Nigel think that he'd gotten rid of me. I'm retiring. I want to spend more time with you, basically. I want to hover over you day and night. Yeah. And I, I um, take you to nature movies. I have library. the scripture for this episode. Okay. Uh, it's Proverbs 23, 24. And I'm not sure which translation they're using here. But <clears throat> the father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. That's it. What? What? I, as ah. you were reading that, I felt so much rage in every every part of my body. <laughs> Fuck this father son oh evangelical fucking bullshit. Okay, yeah. do we want to get into the uh, the um, the wiki stuff now? Did we end? The, did we finish that? We're almost done. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So so then Terry's like, man, I can't wait to tell everybody what happened. And then they're all like, uh, I can't tell every, anyone anything because it's all a secret, much like everything in the CIA. And that's kind of how, and he's like, oh man. And that's kind of how the episode ends. 
uh, other than Chris, which do we want to... Okay, first I, I want to say okay. a little bit about fathers and sons. Okay, and then and why I think this. this is shitty. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Because I feel like the the they set. First of all, okay. Sorry, <laughs> where do you even take me a minute no, to fine. organize we, my thoughts? We can like, take a, a bit to cool down. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! First this, of all, the father son relationship is so idealized because it is also seen as the God-man yep. relationship. And women are in just non-existent, right? But the way they set this up too, like, oh, everyone should have a good relationship with their father. We need good fathers, blah, blah, blah. But they also only model really shitty, terrible dads. And so the expectation is, like, everyone needs a good relationship with their father. And... The way that they create men in this environment is to be shitty fathers. And because they're writing the plot, they can write an excuse for why it's not their fault. And then all of the onus goes on to the child. It's like, well, you have to understand your father. You have to forgive your father, you know? You have to do all the work. Yeah, yeah. And it's and the they same can keep thing. being shitty. And they can be shitty yeah. and abusive or neglectful or whatever. Yeah. And that is totally fine because the important thing is the relationship with the father, so yeah. you have to forgive them. Yeah. Even if yeah, even if they Yeah, don't give a shit about you. Because so, they have more important things to do. Yeah. 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 Which is not Garbage. unlike the way we were raised. No, although being a yeah. girl, you know, I I kinda didn't rate anyway, but like this this idea like our dad was always busy yep and always had excuses for being busy yep you know and any relationship that we have with him now is almost entirely because of effort put out by the children yep or because of grandchildren yep. in the picture yep. well and i mean like it's it's absolutely their responsibility to get, to get over it but like the attitude taught in this episode it absolutely fucks up men yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It really. So I'm I'm looking at uh our favorite resource for the show, uh the Adventures in Odyssey wiki. And so <laughs> the themes for this episode are God's protection and fathers. Um and there is a category, episodes with the theme of fathers, populated with uh some episodes with themes of fathers. And I tried following up on this since we've been talking about uh the absentee dead mom, don't even worry about it. Uh, thing so much. So I looked at category episodes with theme of mothers, and this category can, currently contains no pages or media. Yeah. Oh my god. It, mothers are so unimportant. Mothers and women in this environment are literally doing everything and made completely invisible. Um, okay, so this is the... Sorry. Nope. This, is a, this is a little bit off topic, but yeah. could we make our document as we update uh deaths available on our patreon yeah and then if we miss any our super fans can let us know yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. keep up the tally yeah yeah because uh we're up to a few now yeah um okay so chris so then okay that's the end of the episode so then chris is here Although that was just a story, things like that do happen around the world and in our country, maybe even in your town. 
Some people just aren't what they seem. They may have secrets that can hurt our country or secrets that can protect us. Are they brown? <laughs> you should Chances be wary. They're hurting our country. Yeah. Even if there are a lot of things going on around us that we don't know about, we still shouldn't be afraid because God knows all about those things, even if we don't. He's using all of it to work his perfect will. Which amazingly aligns with U.S. foreign policy. <laughs> well, that's, yes, every look, even even when it seems like bad things happen, and you might be questioning why God would do horrible things to the world, <laughs> just in the exact same way, when the CIA does horrific things all over the world, just remember it's part of the U.S. government's perfect plan for the world. And the U.S. government <laughs> As is God God's own government yeah. on Earth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, let's talk about the wiki questions. Yep. Unless you guys have any other thoughts on before we jump into that. Oh, I have so many thoughts, but let's do the wiki questions. Let's do the wiki questions. And okay, and then we the... can do the other, and yeah. 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 Good. Okay, question number one. Should Terry's dad have kept his profession a secret from Terry? Why or why not? What even is this question? I don't know. <laughs> what are that they trying was, to get was, us to think about here? Like the ethics well, that, of that lying was, to your children yes, is that, what they're that, getting, trying to get for the greater fun. good. That, yeah. was the, that was the real problem with him as a father. It was lying for the greater good. Yeah. And not, not being any no. kind of father. Not yeah. Absent, yeah. I personally think, yes, he should have. Because lying... Especially within a family relationship, is not good. Yeah, is it? Secrets like this ruin relationships, and if you are a parent, your entire job is to cultivate relationships with your children, not not according to evangelicism, which we as we. No, if you're a child, your relationship is to cultivate a relationship with your parents, not the other way around. But in reality, you know. Yeah. So, and it seems like his son was old enough. Like, he probably could have told him a while before, you know? Well, and uh, there's there's a level of secrecy that's, like, cartoonish in this episode. Because he also says, like, we don't use our real names in the CIA. And I'm bullshit. Of course they do. (laughs) Yeah. Most of them just go into the office. Like, this is the kind of thing where he doesn't have to tell his son that he's a traveling shoe salesman who's away all the time. He can just say, like, Daddy does work for the U.S. government and can't talk to you about it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's it. That's yeah. It. It's, yeah. It's not like telling his son that he works for the CIA is the same as, like, blabbing government secrets to a terrorist organization. But people it is the same. <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like how quiet you went. <laughs> I was like, who gets on the internet? They'll hunt me down. <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh, oh, uh, oh God. You, you know how yeah. it is. They're monitoring everything we say and do already. <gasps> These questions are... They're terrible. They're making me mad, actually. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, okay. So, this, so <laughs> the second... So our, so our answer to the first one is yes. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. No, wait, no. It's no, no. He should not he should keep not it a have secret. Kept it. There's a less shitty way of going about it. 100%. He doesn't have to 
Yeah, he doesn't have to keep it all a secret, like you said. Plenty of people work for the CIA, and everyone knows that they do that they work for them. But they yep. don't know what they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the problem here is that he's not a real CIA agent. He's just a dupe. Yeah. Bait. Which is probably why he has all of these funny, overcomplicated ideas about secrecy and code names that aren't the way that the CIA <laughs> work in real life. Because whoever his handler is at the office, every time he hangs up, he turns to, over to the guy in the cubicle next to him. It's just like, this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably exactly it. Okay, question Or his th- handler is, like, setting up elaborate, like, get smart type things for him to, like, go to this phone booth, you know? Yeah, and he's, yeah, like, yeah. messing with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Well, and also, like, getting loyalty and engagement from the people you're hooking in by making them feel like they're part of something important, which is a, which is a real strategy when you're trying to recruit cat's paws. Yes, completely. Yeah. You make them feel important. Yeah. Okay, second question. How would you feel if your mom or dad were a secret agent? Now or as a child? <laughs> yeah, so... As a child, I think I would have thought it was pretty cool. Now, I would be horrified. (laughs) What? You want to elaborate on that? (laughs) You're part of the problem. (laughs) Yep. Well, and and even, like, imagine the the few times when it has come up that, like, people's parents... Uh, turned out to be like long-term defector plants or the like and never told their kids like yeah that's that's gotta fuck you up yes i don't know how it couldn't also did anyone else think it's interesting that you can be work for the cia and still be a christian like I thought that was an interesting thing too. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised given the context, but like yeah. personally I feel like that would be a very difficult thing to um Navigate. what's the word I'm I'm thinking like what is it when you like believe two contradictory things? Cognitive dissonance. Yes, yeah. Well, I think that for focus on the family Nothing not. the CIA does is cognitive dissonance. It's all completely justified. Yes, I agree. But, like... But I would also... I mean, you look at, like... And it's a civic religion in the States. Yeah. 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 Right? I guess... Absolutely. I, God and the country are entwined. Well, and this is the same cognitive dissonance that got Trump into office. Dear God. Right? Yep. I mean, you're right. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, so it's, like, all these people that are, like, yeah, geez, or, yeah, God, or whatever. But, I mean, really... How can you say that you're a Christian and have voted for Trump? Like, it's the same thing. It's just more extreme. The third question. I'm going to ask all of the... Should yeah. I ask all the points of it? Yep. Can you think of something heroic that your mother or father has done? I like how they put mothers into this at the end. <laughs> like, like, somehow mothers and fathers are equivalent in their minds, except that... Through every episode of Adventures in Odyssey, it's just literally women like are just yeah. yeah. That's a nice bait and switch. Yeah. yeah. See, we care about mothers too. Well, if you thought that made you angry, what's our what's our next question? We give them we give them carnations on Mother's Day. Yeah. We recognize mothers. Go mothers. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> Can you think of something heroic that your mother or father has done? 
How about caring for you, providing for you, and loving you? Are those things heroic? Explain. Gee, really a lot of potential different answers for this question. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yes. They're not shoehorning yeah. you in any specific way. Something heroic, yeah. But, but you're, I mean, you're right in that, about what you were saying because this question equates being a hero in the CIA with going to work and neglecting your family. Well, it, it, right. it, it, does, As, it does an equivocation of it's talking about caring for you, providing for you, and loving for you now when this father is not an example of that. Not even close, yeah. But, yep. but the way it's worded makes you think he is. Um, something heroic. Yeah. Our mother is a goddamn saint. <laughs> Seriously. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, all of the, uh, all of the bullshit that this is encased in inside, like there's a, there's a good point here. Like parenting is hard. Mm-hmm. Parenting involves like going beyond yourself and it rising to challenges that are extremely difficult and it is heroic i completely agree with that and i think the fact that parenting is hard and that so many parents are struggling is why churches are so successful because they tell people like look we can help you yeah we have answers for this you know what you need to do you need to start hitting your child yep that's how that's you need to make them respect you yeah Mitch, we want to hear your all of your thoughts on this. Yeah, the, the things that I've been like just chomping at the bit to get at. Yeah, for no, the, now is the time. For, for months since we first discussed this. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think the timing of this episode uh, is significant and their choice of the CIA as the uh, good guys when they could have chosen like, you know, the FBI or the Secret Service or all kinds of things is um, very telling and deliberate um, because the, the the big thing in this episode is like a classic evangelical thing in that like what the bad guys quote unquote are doing um, insofar as it resembles anything in reality where for the most part like you know these cartoonish weapon uh, and information dealing in independent organizations don't exist mostly you're buying weapons from like the U.S., the U.S., yeah, right. yeah. France, or just you know, like arms businesses making a little more on the side. All of that aside, everything they're doing is what the CIA and American government actually does. So this episode aired in 1988, uh, which is fresh off the tails of the Iran Contra affair. Uh, it was fresh in everyone's memory. I think that the like the hearings about it were happening from like eighty five to eighty seven, um, and what the Iran Contra affair was was that the CIA under the Reagan administration uh, broke its own arms embargo to Iran, selling them weapons to fund Contras in Nicaragua, which is the most Reagan thing you can imagine. Uh, you know, they they couldn't use taxpayer dollars to pay for their own death squads. That that would be unethical. So they yeah. so a raised... Contra is a death squad. Um, yes, uh, the, it's short for, like, counter-revolutionaries. Oh, Oh, okay, okay. yeah. Um, so, uh, like, 
And it's significant to note here that um, they did this to circumvent a ban from U.S. Congress. And they weaseled around it with like I, this childish I'm not touching you logic where, you know, if we're, if we're not funding them through conventional means and we're just, uh, you know, doing something else that we made illegal ourselves. Yeah. I'm not touching you. <laughs> no, this is what it is. Okay, it's like... It doesn't count as touching if it's my finger. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, no, you're, you're, I, mean, I mean, you're right, because... Th- it's the same thing they did yeah, with torture, no, totally renaming it, yeah. it to get around the torture yeah. ban. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so this is the kind of thing where, like, you know, the CIA has been guilty of a litany of, like, horrible things interfering in other countries and setting up dictators and, and the like. But, but this is one case where, like, U.S. Congress actually caved to public pressure and recognized that the Contras were too evil even for them. Um, and I think it's completely in character for the CIA, the heroes of this episode who are the stand-in for God's perfect plan, uh, that they didn't give a shit about the law and they mm-hmm. found a way to do it anyways. Um, yeah, so, so the Contras were uh, terrorist militias employed by white settler landowners in Nicaragua uh, to oppose the country's socialist revolution. Um, and shit that they did includes like uh, absolutely atrocious things, uh, massacring villages, schools, hospitals. And what eventually um, got the U.S. actually uh, convicted, like found to be in the wrong by the United Nations International Court of Justice, one of the uh, smoking guns was this manual the CIA distributed uh, called Psychological Operations in Guerrilla Warfare that was specifically for training the Contras to rationalize the brutal murder of civilians as being something that they can and should do for the cause and uh, basically indoctrinating them into being okay with this because, um, you know, people... We get told a lot that people are just born evil and wrong, but no, you you have to you have to like train people to do this kind of shit. Yeah, you have um, to train and, people to kill people because the instinct is to not, and and 100%. particularly to kill people who aren't fighting back. Yeah, and to do it in brutal ways meant to specifically horrify and disgust and scare people. Yeah, uh, which is was the entire point of everything that they did. These were not freedom fighters, you know. Um, and the, so this is interesting because the, the International Court of Justice found the United States guilty, uh, but the International Court of Justice is a United Nations body, and so the United States just used their seat on the Security Council that they always have to veto it, so they didn't actually face any consequences. Oh my God. What is the point of the United Nations yeah. if, well, it that's, can't, that's a good if, if it can't hold the U.S. accountable? Because who is the biggest baddie yeah. if not the U.S.? Well, nowadays, um, they're like, so if Russia, Afghanistan obviously. is trying to bring a case before the International Court of Justice uh, for war crimes perpetrated against their people in Afghanistan by the U.S. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the U.S. has learned from this, and this time they're not even bothering to show up. They just say, fuck no. you, we don't we'll have to. They'll just veto it later. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, 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 they're not even going to veto it, because they just don't show up, and no one can make them. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I... It's like, it's like the conservatives in Alberta to debates. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't even have to show up. No, uh, because they we'll know win. that they don't. We know yeah. we'll win, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, 
so like my my pet theory is that the writers behind this episode uh, they saw a problem which was there is all of this bad press for mm-hmm. our beloved CIA someone keep is us maligning safe. the CIA uh, and yeah. children need to learn yeah that the CIA is good and Contras are heroes did you ever play that uh, Nintendo Entertainment System game which one Contra no okay we were pretty much like a Mario only yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, and maybe some racing. So, so this like is space, a... Space fighting ones? I mm-hmm. don't remember. This was an actual, uh, like, Reagan-era uh, administration, like, propaganda effort. Uh, they tried to rehabilitate the image of the Contras because it was such a problem for them that they were funding the Contras, and the Contras were yeah, they... obviously and clearly evil. Yeah. We need to... Yeah. <laughs> Got it. This was this was where psyop started, and now we just live in a psyop. All the time. Yeah, yeah. everything is a psyop constantly. Psychological operation. For people who don't know that term. It's in the manual. Yeah. Well, that manual has since been largely expanded. I think. Well, it not only oh. expanded, but it got me thinking about how they they brought that home. Because this entire idea of having to doctrinate, indoctrinate militias into attacking uh, innocent targets uh, got me thinking about no hesitancy training in domestic policing. Yeah, I knew no hesitancy training was a thing in the military. I did not know it was a thing in police forces. Although it makes sense because they are, what are they if not a branch of the military? Yeah. They're, like domestic military. They're the war at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's really horrifying. Yeah, I, horrifying. I had some... Um, I, I wasn't sure whether I should jump into this on the episode, so before we started, I showed Candace and Karis, like, examples of... Uh, they have shooting range targets of, like, eight-year-old children and uh, pregnant women yeah, that they yeah. use to train cops to not hesitate to kill, as if that's a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. so whenever there's news about, like, a police killing... And they're talking about how, like, oh, de-escalation failed. They're not, they're not training them for de-escalation. No. They're training them to not hesitate. They're training yeah. them to kill. Yeah. So that's a... And that's why they will kill on. even on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Even be- while they're being... Because for, like... Because they be- believe in what they're doing. I mean, and if history shows us anything, it's that there are no consequences for cops who commit murder. They found Contra. Right. And so I, I we could play that, it right now if we wanted to. I think a friend of mine was sh- showing me they've done like you know r- remakes and stuff, and some some recent one like the uh, the the shadowy evil bad guy figure that shows up. Uh, it's 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 just Che Guevara, like the face. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. it, oh it, it couldn't possibly be more transparent. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, the fact that they have a, they made it into a video game is quite disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, do I want to see the game? Do I not? I mean, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's for it's, children. It's, yeah, it's just a game for children. Yeah. Right? The, the, yeah. The, point, the point isn't to be like, here are all the atrocities the Contras committed and this is why they're good. Right. It's, here's Contra. You're a fun shoot man who runs around and is the hero. Oh, That's right, what a Contra that. is. Yeah. Exactly. 
Right. It's the same thing that Adventures in Odyssey is doing, like making right. creating a fun premise to seed really dangerous ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sucked all the air out of the room with that, huh? Well, I don't know where you go from there. Oh, yeah. Except no. that, like, Look, yeah. yes, the people who are writing Adventures in Odyssey do have completely bought into this idea that nationalism and the CIA are good for the world. And it's some serious bullshit. And we know that the U.S. are the main people committing atrocious crimes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and particularly the ones that we have the most realistic chance of affecting, right? Because yeah. it's us. But if you are framing the the way children think about these things, you know, it's entrenching them. It's forming the way they think about the world from a very young age. Yes. I was actually thinking about um, an example of that in um, one of the Captain America movies, the, the one with like the big Hydra Nazi conspiracy inside of the U.S. government or whatever. Is that the Robert Redford is. one? Um Yes. I honestly have not yeah. seen most of them, and the ones that I have seen, I mostly slept through. But so, so, a plot, <laughs> so a plot point in that movie is Operation Paperclip. Um, as is that a real thing? The, and that's a real thing. Yes. So Operation Paperclip is a real thing, where in the post-war era, the United States gave a pipeline for Nazis to escape prosecution if they were useful to the U.S. state basically. And often this gets presented as like, oh, you know, they were rocket scientists Mm -hmm. and uh, doctors and the like, who maybe they were complicit in horrible, horrific things. It was just for the greater good that their information not go to waste. But um, the the truth of the matter is, is that the vast majority of them were not high profile scientists and the like. They were just like Gestapo agents that were integrated straight into the CIA. Not the kind of people that you needed to keep around. But it was yeah. more important that they hate communists yeah. and have an axe to grind against the new oh formation of the Soviet bloc than that they not be Nazis. I mean, um, this but, is exactly what the U.S. government has done forever, though, in propping up white supremacist militias, right? Mm-hmm. And not, you know, like, domestic terrorism doesn't apply to neo-Nazis that are... Do you remember when there yeah. was those neo-Nazis that, like took over that fort or that museum uh there was there was a case in like a park in the american park recently yeah and there was like a historical building that they were in and they were like basically destroying artifacts in this building and Mm -hmm. the way the media covered it was just very like there was not one mention of terrorism no it was just this like group of people you know just, just you know, and they seemed so nice. Yeah, I think actually, they did. I think that was in the article. The the uh, the thing that and, and it's so insidious and it creeps in everywhere. The thing that got to me with the Operation Paperclip thing is after it showed up in that Marvel movie, I was having a conversation with someone about Operation Paperclip as like an example of like how the U.S. has this history of being guilty of like absolutely atrocious things whenever they suit their interests, and they're like, "No, that's fake. That was in a movie." So, they use so I had to have this to, long, yeah. drawn-out fight with this guy it. who was like, yes, yes. Yeah, they, they, t- they take the real thing it's and like, they make it fictional. Yep. 
to because you. that's the context that you first encountered it and your brain files it away into the same space mm-hmm. oh as God. made up superhero crap mm-hmm. that's smart and and that's like terrible. and that's why everything you, is a psyop <laughs> yeah before you you know cart me off for being insane like they they, they have American intelligence and military consultants on these movies. Like that's 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 a known thing that they don't hide. They don't hide. Yeah. Not just consultants, funding mm-hmm. from the military. And that's not hidden either. What? Oh yeah. Stephen has this whole book about it where like I probably not the superhero movies because it was published before a lot of those ones, but it's public information. Yeah. Um, like so like Black Hawk Down. How I think, much was movie? A big how much money was given to different films, and how much support was given to different films by the military? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you know it would be a really good research topic. I wonder if Focus on the Family gets money from the U.S. government. I I w- have wondered that before. Hmm. I don't know how to find that out. Hmm. Okay, Focus on the Family is a public charity. This is the Canadian one. This is .ca. So this is only, they've only been in Canada since 1983. Okay. But I would, we need to see their American. But if they're publicly, I mean, they take donations. Yeah. We can also see, because if they're a charity, we can see how much they get paid. Oh, yeah. Oh, this organization is not required to fire an annual return with the IRS because it is a church. <gasps> Fuck that. It is not a church. Yes, it is. Focus on the Family Association. So, so right here. <laughs> Registered in BC in Langley. <laughs> what do we want? Quick view or full view? CARES founded on the CRA. Oh, nice. donations, Good $7 call. million. They dollars. have received a donation. $7 million in donations mm-hmm. last year. Government funding, $495,000. <gasps> Why are they getting $500,000 from the government? And all other revenue. Okay, so they're a $10.5 million organization. Yeah. In Canada. In, in Canada, Canada yeah. yeah. We, I don't know. Oh, look, their expenses are $9,700,000. Oh, Financial reports. Oh, nice. Oh, they have them all public. Let's see what I can find. That's good. Um, I think the percept, the idea is like the perception of openness, right? Like if we're putting it out here. They donated to the Canadian Association of Pregnancy Services. Oh, yeah. In Red Deer, Alberta. <gasps> $2,500. Yeah, probably for she has a name. Fuck. Oh, I wonder. Huh. Do we have a way to close this episode out? Yeah, we should do that. And then <laughs> yeah, do before we research. do all this research. Um, so, in summary, <sighs> that Focus on the Family thinks the CIA is really great, and all kids should forgive their... All sons should forgive their fathers for being bad dads because uh, they're superheroes, even if they're totally neglectful assholes. Um, thanks for tuning in. This was our finale for the season. So now we are going to take, uh, we're going to miss one week. Yeah. So we're going to take a month to prep for our next season and we'll be back. And then if you album three, if you are missing us during that time, please sign up for our Patreon. It's only $5 a month and it's really fun. And we are just about to launch into some very exciting projects. 
Yeah. Um, the most recent Patreon that we recorded was us going through Karis's old Bible college stuff. It's incredible. No. It really is. <laughs> uh, and we just scratched the tip of the iceberg the with that episode. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really fun. You get to, you can walk through a document that Karis helped create um, about RAs <laughs> and their job the, to... The re- snitch on any students in a relationship yep pretty much the responsibility of the ra is to snitch on students and and also boys with their porn addiction yeah well porn or just masturbation masturbation. (laughs) just just lust lust Lust. yeah um yeah that's our patreon patreon you can find us on patreon.com and just search for adventures and ideology um until next time Bye. Bye. Bye.